morning. It's a good day. Jessica, would you come join me, actually? Um, Friday nights, uh, you may know uh, the Sir Jessica Severn and the crops uh, often every other Friday lead uh, some sweet time of sacred space here in this space. Um, and it's, uh, the, the last few have been especially meaningful, I know at least to me, and maybe it's been going on for months that it's been meaningful to people that have showed up, but uh, uh, for the last uh, few have been really uh, sweet. Uh, this week on Wednesday, Jessica said that, uh, Severn said she couldn't be able to, wasn't going to be able to lead it, so they're going to have to cancel, and I said, no! And so I asked her, I says, is it right if I ask somebody else to come and lead that? And, uh, and she says, yeah, go for it. And I know Jessica Christian has been leading a similar kind of thing in her house, actually, on Friday evenings for some time now, uh, something the Lord has just drawn her into. And so I uh, reached out to her and asked if she'd be willing to uh, transition from her lo- living room into this living room, and, uh, and she did, and it was another sweet time on Friday. Uh, at the end of that time, uh, which ended up lasting for some of us till 11 o'clock at night, uh, she uh, felt the Lord give her uh, a word, and it's not just for her, it's for our church. And so she sent it to me yesterday, and uh, said, hey, I got a little freaked out sending this to you. And I said, uh, you know, great, let me read it. And so I read it. And, and then I said, you need to read that to the church. And she's like, no, thanks. Um, uh, so I told her, I said, uh, you don't have a choice. And so she's here. Um, so I've, uh, yeah, so we didn't know if this was going to happen or not, but just as I was worshiping, I just felt like uh, the reason I was struggling with how to start my message today was because this is what it's supposed to be. So why don't you go ahead and, we need a mic though. Yes, right there. He saw it coming. He knew. Good job. Okay. He's still got it muted, I think, back there. So just give him a second. Got it. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Um, This is very, very, very new for me. (laughs) Um, I wanted to start really quickly just to share kind of a brief testimony. I know that some of you have heard um, just that God's been doing some radical things in my life over the past year. I've been praying, I'd say, for more than 23 years. God showed me a long time ago that I had him in a box, which he can't be contained. But he showed me that I was really limiting him and that there was so much more to him that I did not see. And I began to pray and ask him to show me, open that box for me and help me to experience the fullness of who you really are. And I began to really pray also in that time, help me to hear your voice. Because I always felt confused and conflicted. Is this God's voice? Is it not? I know he speaks through his word. I know he speaks through circumstance. I know he speaks through people. But I just wanted to know that I'm hearing his voice. And this past year, that started to really happen. Um, In July, I had radical breakthrough, some massive things happened, and I was really set free by God God, (laughs) in a lot of areas. Um, In October, I was spending time with the Lord, and I would journal prayers. I, I journal as I'm talking to him and as I'm asking him things, and I was asking him how I always connect with him through worship. Worship was always the key for me in unlocking all the breakthrough that had been happening. And I was just starting to write out a prayer, you know, and asking him, God, help me to encounter you without music even. Is it possible? I know that I can, but as I was writing that sentence, I hadn't even finished the sentence. I had music playing because I always have worship playing in my home now, but it turned off. (laughs) 
it turned off. And I'm like, what just happened? How did that happen? Like my phone is on, I had it playing through a speaker, it was plugged in, there's no reason that the music should stop. And at that point I started, I was like, could that be God? Like, could he have actually stopped my music? Is that possible that he does that? Um, and I just heard in my spirit, all these words just started coming and I just started writing. And since that time in October, that's been happening a lot. Um, and I just feel like I hear him. He speaks scripture. He just speaks truth. I feel like that's what he's speaking to me and I just write it down. And so Friday night when we were here, uh, we were just praying for the church. We were worshiping and it was just such a beautiful time. And I just felt such a tug on my heart to go sit down right at the back there and take out my journal and just start writing. And these words just started to come. And I've never had something like this happen before. Um, and it was scary to share it. I shared it with some of the friends that were there with me and they both had been hearing something really similar in that same time. So it really confirmed the word. And so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna share it with my pastor. This is scary to do, but I did. And I felt like I needed to be obedient. And then I was surprised that he's saying to share it with you all, but here I am. I just wanna be obedient to what God's calling me to do. And so I pray that this blesses you, that you're encouraged. Take risks for God. Mm -hmm. Just be open. He is moving in new ways. Mm -hmm. And he wants to touch this church. Amen. He's moving here. So that's my encouragement to you. This is what I heard in my spirit. My blood has covered it all. Rest in the work that I completed on the cross. It is finished. It's already been done. Now is the time to arise, my beloved, my bride, my church. Arise and shine, your light has come. The glory of God Almighty is raining down. Let it soak in, rest in it, rest in me. Arise, arise, arise in victory. Your enemy is defeated. My church, it's time to reign in my authority and power. I have equipped you with every good thing. The Father of lights is showering you with everything you need. Do not fear. Do not retreat. Arise. Don your spiritual armor and arise with me. It's time to take the land that I have promised you. It's time to run. The race is on. I have equipped you with everything you need. Do not fear and do not hold back. Declare, speak my words. They will cut down and defeat your enemy. The enemy will cower and flee for you are covered in my blood. You have the power of the author of all creation on the inside of you. Arise, no more fear. Take the land with boldness. The world will see my glory, my power, my love, my majesty as you run with me, as you respond in obedience. You have my covering. Arise, my warrior army. The time has come. It's here. Prepare the way. I'm coming soon. It's time for my bride to get ready, take the land, and bring in the harvest. Good, huh? For thousands of years, um, every, I think just about every human being, every culture, every nation on the globe was religious. They recognized 
for these thousands of years that, yeah, there was a physical, tangible world around them, but there were things that were happening that they didn't understand. There was obviously something going on behind just the physical and the tangible things. Oftentimes, it was things like weather, like they had no idea what was going on with the weather. And certainly today, we think we know, but <laughs> I don't know if you watch their forecasts. <laughs> So, so for, for, for thousands, centuries, right? I mean, every human being, like they would have been foolish to deny that there was some other thing out there, some divine, some, something that was divine, something that was going on, that there was a spiritual reality of this world. There were mysteries. There were things that were, they could not explain. And so how did they explain it? through different religions, different perspectives on different, what this divine being would be like. And then the enlightenment hit. Science came on strong and began to explain a lot of the mysteries in our world. And as science and our intellect continued to grow God became less and less needed, and religion became less and less important. I think today, in some sense, we can say that religion is dead. We don't need religion. The reality is, is we've got a mindset now that even the things that are still mysterious today will someday, will understand. The things that are out there that are intangible, the spiritual things of this world, the miracles that happen, someday if we just knew enough information, if we just if we were able to find you know, that right scientific experiment or that you know, advancement in mathematics or whatever it may be, we would be able to figure out how that works. And so religion is dying or is dead, but humanism is alive and well, Right? We stop worshiping God, stop worshiping something that was divine, something that was outside of us, something that was mysterious and bigger than us, and we worship ourselves. And this reality has worked its way into the church as well. Jessica talks about our God boxes, right? Every one of us has God in a box. To the extreme, there's some who claim to be Christians who are now trying to look back into Scripture and demystify, de-supernaturalize all of the miracles of Jesus. Saying, well, no, 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 we, they just didn't understand at the time. I mean, when, when the beggar was, you know, healed, when, when the blind man received his sight, there was something that was, you know, God, you know, Jesus just knew some kind of cure. He had some medicine that, he, you know, we didn't, I mean, when he spit on the ground, you know, we've, we've got to do some science experiments on spit, right? Because there's got to be something in that that was able, you know, when he put it on his eyes of this blind man, that did something, right? You know, uh, it, <sighs> But church, are we really going to worship ourselves? Are we going to continue to keep him in his box and say, no, you can only act and behave this way, God, because 
this is what I can handle. This is how I understand you. If we really believe there is a God, if we really believe that he is a personal God who desires relationship, if we really believe that he is a God who loves us, let me tell you something, love is not something that is tangible. Certainly we do tangible things, tangible actions of love, but love is something that is, it's a mystery. I don't understand it. Why do I feel the way I feel when I'm around my beautiful wife? Why, do I, why does that conjure up these feelings of intimacy and longing to be with her and wanting more? Why? If we have a God who loves, then we have to accept that we have a God who is mysterious. He is beyond our understanding, beyond our comprehension. If we can't even understand something as simple as love, right? But as complex as love, right? I spent years in my walk with Jesus doubting emotions. Emotions are just, you know, they're just feelings. They're not important. They're not a big deal. Like, don't believe them. Don't trust them. And yeah, some of that's good, good advice. We need to be careful with our emotions, right? And not just allow them to dictate everything. But emotions are real. They're mysterious. They're there. God's given them to us. Right. We read scripture. God is emotional. So how, what are we doing just throwing emotion out the door? Like, because it's not concrete, because I can't fully understand it, because there's no mathematical equation to explain it, I'm just going to ignore it. No, emotions are a part of what God has created in this world. Right. A way for us to connect with him, a way for him to connect with us, a way for us to connect with each other. Amen. I spent too many years of my life doubting the voice of God, which we just heard. Doubting that, no, no, God doesn't do that. That's just my own thoughts. That's my own mind. And trust me, I've journaled about this many times because it's, it's a battleground. I can't, I, I know my brain. I know my mind. I know how I think. And it's corrupted and depraved. There is so much in my mind that is all about pride and self-exaltation. You know, there is so much, every, so many thoughts that I have that I just go, oh, that is just disgusting and ugly. And I catch myself like, what am I doing, Lord? Stop those thoughts in my brain, right? Sinful thoughts that we have. Yet, this reality that I cannot deny that God also speaks to me in my thoughts. Amen. That he gives me words that are from him that I never would have thought of. And it takes this, this crazy thing that we've got to trust. We've got to trust that somehow, even though I'm a depraved and messed up as we were praying, the kids were in, the Lewis kids were in prayer today, as they were praying, we are just uh, pots, you know, clay pots, and we're messed up, and we got rocks in, in all of us, and we're just messed up with sin, but God can use us. Amen. Right. I can't believe it. it. It's shocking to me. But it is true. And so often, here's the thing. We don't, I don't know for sure the words that God has given me, whether they're mine or whether they're God's, until I choose to take a step of faith and say it out loud. Just like Jessica didn't know. Felt like this was from the Lord. 
but didn't know until she shared it, had the courage to share it. And that's not easy. It's not easy to say, you know what, I, just, I feel like God just gave me this. What do you think? Because here's the deal, like what if they say, uh, <laughs> you're crazy, no, that is not God. <laughs> right, what does that do to your heart? Like, oh my gosh, I didn't, ah, now I can't, ah, what am I gonna do? I can't believe this, ah, okay, what do I do, right? You know, and then she shares it with her pastor, expecting her pastor to say, oh, thank you, that's very nice, Jessica. You're so sweet. <laughs> And this is reality. This is the life we live. This is the mystery that we have in our world that as we walk, as we live this life, that we have a God who speaks to us. He interacts with us. He uses our emotions to reveal things to us. He uses other people to reveal. He speaks. He is active. He is not silent. And we will never fully like have it guaranteed There are times when I stand up on a Sunday morning thinking, oh man, this is from God, and go, oops, afterwards. One of the things, again, one of these things I journal about, the risk is this. When we step out and follow God's call, which nobody else may be saying, oh, that's God. You're the only one that feels it. God's spoken it to you. He given you a word. When we step out, the risk is this. Foolishness and pain. The rest of the world will look at you, you fool. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? That, that was dumb. What? And the pain, not just their own pain that comes from the attacks, but the pain that you cause other people. If you had the boldness to step out and say, I think God is saying this to you today. And when he speak, you speak it out, it causes pain. That hurts, right? Hurts you, hurts them. You go, what about this? But here's the reality. God is able to use our foolishness. He's able to use the pain that we cause when we mishear him and misspeak on his behalf. He can use it for his glory. He can use it to call that person that we've hurt to him. He can use it to help you with the discernment to know his voice more clearly next time. We are so afraid. We spend our lives in so much bondage, afraid that if we speak for God, if we take steps towards God or to do what he's called us to, even especially when it seems crazy, that somehow he's going to fail us, that it's going to mess it all up, that, oh no, I got it wrong, and now my whole life is messed up, that God's plan, it was just perfect, it was beautiful, I was going along just great, and then all of a sudden I did this, no, it's ruined, I'm never going to be saved, no, deny that. Calm down, Pastor Sean, here we go. Matthew 8, what was that? What was that? <laughs> that, that emotional pastor, just ignore him, yeah. Ma- uh, Mark 8, 17 to 21, and Jesus, aware of this. Now, his disciples, like, they're on this boat, right? And they, they forgot the bread. <laughs> and then Jesus makes a statement. Hey, beware of the yeast of the Jew, you know, the, the, uh, the Pharisees, right? <laughs> And they, they like freak out. They're like, oh, he's mad because we, we forgot the bread. And then Jesus, this is, and Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? <laughs> Do you not perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, 12. 
and the seven for the 4,000. How many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up then? And they said to him, seven. And he said to them, do you not understand? I think he says that to this generation of Christians. Do you not see? Having eyes, do you not see? It's not about the bread. It's about me and what I'm doing. Would you allow me to just be who I am? I've shown myself to you over and over again. Look at the stuff I did in scripture. But folks, I'm sorry. If scripture is all you're leaning on, you are missing what he's done in your life. Because he is speaking. He is moving. He is acting. He is working. We need to have eyes to see. Eyes to see the spiritual realities of our world. Eyes to see God and understand that this personal, relational, loving God, that he is active and working and moving in our life. Acts chapter 3. I've always loved this chapter. I'm so excited to preach on it. I'll just read the first 10 verses. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk, and entering the temple with him, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. The disciples understand this is... You know, Jesus has sent them out, right, when he was still here. He sent them out by twos, right? And, and they experienced some of this healing power, right? Some of this, you know, God coming in, allowing them to drive out demons, different things. They experienced it a little bit, but now Jesus is gone. Jesus isn't there anymore. They have just been, you know, baptized with the Holy Spirit, and now they're living this out. Yet Peter and John have eyes to see. Eyes to see not just what was going on in the physical realm, this lame beggar but eyes to see what's going on in the spiritual realm and that Jesus wanted to heal this man right now. Amen. Notice there is no fleece used in this. Like you would expect, right? I mean, you know, like you'd expect this, right? If Gideon was in this spot, right? And he looked over at this lame beggar and he go, God's telling him you need to go and heal that guy. He did, okay, God, that's great. I've got this fleece. I'm going to put it out. And tomorrow when I get up, if it's wet and everything else is dry, then I know it's you. And then I will go ahead and go heal that guy. There's no fleece here. Do you understand the courage that it took Peter and John to walk up this to this guy who is just begging for money? He just wants some cash. Like he just wants to make it through the day. And they see not just this man, but they see what Jesus wants to do. 
the courage it took them. What if, what if it didn't work? What if they said, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, get up and walk? And the guy's like, uh, I can't. <laughs> see, when we see, we can have the boldness and the courage like Peter and John to see what's going on in the physical realm, but also to be listening and hearing what Jesus is wanting to do now in the spiritual and physical realm. And there's not always going to be, uh, hey, can I ask you about that? I think God's saying this. What do you? Sometimes we just got to do it. We just got to take the leap, like just jump in. The reality is, again, that so often when he gives us something to do, we're not going to really know if it was really him until after we take the step of faith. Mark 9 21 to 24, and Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into a fire and into water to destroy him. But if, but if, you, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. Some of us just need to cry out to Jesus and ask him to help us with our lack of faith and belief in him. Jesus wants to do so much, but we limit him by our boxes that we've got him in. It takes faith to speak out what comes to mind. And faith is not just something that's kind of just out there, like, you know, un detached from reality. Faith is in a person. And this person, we believe that he speaks to our minds. We believe that he speaks to our hearts. We believe that he speaks in creation. We believe he is working and active. We believe that he heals. We believe that he changes us. We believe that he forgives. We believe that he saves, right? We believe in this God. And if we believe these things about him, then we need to put our faith in him. And when we hear him speak, follow through. Do what he tells us to do. Speak the words he tells us. He gives to us. Amen. The reality is, is that Peter and John knew two things. First, healing comes through Jesus. Isaiah 53. We all know this. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. We understand, they understood that, that healing wasn't something that they had to do. Peter and John didn't have to conjure up some kind of trick in order to try to bring healing. They didn't have to pray a special prayer. They didn't have to have anointing oil to make sure that, you know, the person was properly anointed. They didn't have all of this big formula stuff they had to go through. They simply walked up and said, I don't got gold and silver, but what I do have, I'm going to give to you. In the name of Jesus and Nazareth, stand up and walk. That's it. They knew that the power was in Jesus' name, not in their name. Amen. 
Matter of fact, later on in the chapter, the people come around like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't, don't get all excited. This is not us. It was Jesus who healed this man and made him well. He's the one that's come in and made this happen. Don't worship us. Worship Jesus. Too often we can think that, you know, our healing is dependent on, you know, eloquence of our prayer, right? Like we've got to have the right person at the right time prayed, and you've got to be intense about that prayer. You know, you've got to really get into it, right? And it's nothing against getting intense. Sometimes the Holy Spirit leads, as you can tell. And you just, well, maybe it's just me. I don't know. And you just get excited, right? And you just go, right? And that's okay. But don't think that your healing is dependent on that. He, just simple words. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. That's it. Takes, you know, five seconds, if that, to say it. Healing comes also in community. James 5, 13 to 16. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is great power as it is working. Healing is, now it's not that healing, God, you know, God can heal when we're by ourselves, But healing is meant to be done in community. We suffer together as a body of Christ. We celebrate together as a body of Christ. We confess together as a body of Christ. We are saved together as a body of Christ. And we are healed together as a body of Christ. When one part suffers, we all suffer. When one part is healed, we all are healed. And so we do this together. Healing is meant to happen in community. And so we come together to enjoy the healing touch of our Savior. Now let's turn our eyes to the lame beggar. This guy is astonishing. First of all, note what he wanted. Money. Was he praying for healing? Was he asking for healing? He just wanted money. He, he came to the temple like he does every day, got some buddies, friends, family, whoever, brought him to the temple every day so that he could beg, so he could get money, so that he could survive, you know, and make it through life, right? This was, what, this was his consistent, for over 40 years, this guy's like over 40 years old, been lame since he was born, right? So some kind of birth defect or something happened, right? So has never walked in his life. I'm amazed not just at the miracle <laughs> of healing this guy's legs, but like that he could actually walk, right? I mean, there's a reason that we learn to walk when we're little, right? Because when we fall down, like it doesn't hurt so bad, right? I mean, this is reality, right? I mean, this is what happened, right? This is where we're at. This is, re this is, <laughs> this is amazing healing that not only did he heal him, but he healed him so much that he could just jump up and he's walking and dancing around. But the amazing thing is, again, this lame beggar also was not looking for healing that day. But notice, he received it. It could have been really easy for him to do what I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, actually, um, no, I, uh, just money. Don't need healing right now. Just, just, just a little bit of cash would be great. I got a coffee down the street that I'd like to get. You know, it's kind of, I haven't got my caffeine yet today. Right? I mean, he could have really like, just like, no, wait, wait, no, what are you talking about? 
I, I don't, I'm not here for healing. I, I've been, this, is my, this is my existence. This is what I know. 40 years plus, right? This is all he has known. Imagine the friends, the people that are around him that he had developed relationships with because of his condition, right? To get healed was not something just simple like, oh yeah, now I can walk. This guy may, I mean like, why would I want to walk? Actually, I might lose my friends. I might lose my connections. I might lose the things that I know. Wait a second, God, you don't do that. I've been begging you for 40 years to heal my legs and you haven't done it. Why now? And here's the kicker. Jesus, this guy was at the temple. How many times did Jesus go to the temple and walk right by this guy? What is going on here? Right? What is going on? It takes humility to ask for help and to receive whatever Jesus gives. To believe that he hears our prayers. To believe that he loves us and that he's working for our benefit whether we get what we want or not. To believe that he knows what we really need. This beggar thought he just needed money. And Jesus said, no, no, no. What you really need is to get up and walk. Healing comes where Jesus wants. I believe there are, I believe we've limited healing into, again, we've put, we put healing into a box. Healing is just something that's dramatic and physical, right? That's it. So like if you aren't a lame beggar and then stand up and start jumping around walking, well, that, then that's not really healing. Like if you, you know, if you're you know, sick and you've got a cold and, and you pray and then you, the cold goes away, that, well, yeah, I, mean, I mean, your body probably just fire. You know what I'm saying? We try to just, yeah, we just kind of discount those things. But, but it's more than that. It's more than just physical. The reality is our whole existence is broken by sin. It's not just our physical bodies that need to be restored. Our spirits need to be restored. Our emotions need to be restored. Our relationships need to be restored. There is healing in so many ways, in so many areas. And for us to limit healing to just something that's physical, that's dramatic, that we can, that's obvious, that's totally unexplainable to us at the moment, then that, 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 what are we doing? Get heal, healing out of the box, please. And the problem with this is if we don't get the healing that's in the box, then we think our faith gets destroyed. Our faith goes, oh, God, you didn't do what I asked you to do right here. You didn't give me the money that I wanted. You just healed my legs. Come on. I wanted the money, right? But when that's what we do, not recognizing again that God knows exactly what we need, what we really need, not what we think we need, but he knows what we really need. And we may not need physical healing right now. What we might need is for our spirits to be healed. We might need to come to understand that we, that his grace is enough. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Can we, can we forget Paul's statement here? So to keep me from becoming conceited, Paul says, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that, he, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
So what is the healing he receives? Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and all kinds of calamities. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. His heart was healed that day. His spirit was healed that day. His relationship with God was healed that day. He came to a greater understanding of who God was. We limit healing to just the thing that we want, and then we miss and ignore the healings that he actually gives. Can we open up our hearts to healing, not just of physical ailments, but our spiritual ailments, our emotional ailments, and our relational ailments? God wants to heal us. That is true. He wants to, Luke chapter 4, like he's come to release us from the chains of sin, to heal our bodies, to bring greatness, to love on us, to, to, to make our lives whole, to reverse the curse of sin in our life. But are we open to it? Are we only open to him doing the thing that we want, that we think is most important? Healing comes where? Jesus wants it. And so we seek his will, not ours. We, like Paul, we plead to the Lord for the healing that we want. And then we accept the healing that he gives. His grace, grace is sufficient. And healing comes when Jesus wants it. Again, this Lame beggar, Jesus walked by multiple times and didn't heal him. What's going on there? Why? Why? Why didn't you heal him? He healed a whole lot of people, but didn't heal this guy. Healing comes when Jesus wants it. And so we ask, if it comes, if we get what we want, praise the Lord. If we get a different healing, praise the Lord. If nothing happens, praise the Lord and ask again. Matthew 7, 7. I've got this, I think, too, on uh, the screen for us. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. We continue to ask. We continue to seek him. He is always the answer. He's our only hope. We need him desperately. We need him to show up. And so we pray for healing. Worship team, come up as we kind of hit this last point. We boldly ask. You know what? I'm going to change that. Sometimes we boldly ask but I think, you know what? He's okay with a tentative ask as well. If we can ask boldly, then ask boldly. But maybe you don't, know, you don't have that boldness. But just ask. Open up your life for the possibility of him bringing healing wherever he desires. Certainly, communicate and express the things and ask for the things that you know you want. But trust that he will heal what he thinks is the most important thing in that moment. And accept then whatever he gives with praise and thanksgiving.
Will you come to receive prayers for healing today? The Spirit has been moving, and I'm gonna, I've written this out. I'm going you know, uh, yeah, to read the last little bit here for the call. The Spirit has been moving purposefully in our church. He's been preparing us for what's next. He loves us and desires to pour out more on us, to give us a fresh anointing, to empower us, to inspire us, to motivate us, to change us, to heal us, to free us. Are you open to his work? Do you have eyes to see? Do you believe that he wants to make you well? Will you humble yourself? Will you reject your doubts and choose to come to ask Jesus for spiritual, emotional, physical healing? I believe today is the day that some of us here will have our first supernatural encounter with the Holy Spirit. Today will be the day that some of us will receive healing in the powerful name of Jesus. Some of us will have our hearts healed from the pain of past sins and broken relationships. Some of us will experience spiritual breakthrough and will finally receive freedom from sin that has plagued us for decades. Some of us will be freed from the demonic voices that are constantly destroying our peace. Some of us will enjoy freedom from chronic pain that has chained us to our homes. Jesus is here and he wants to bring healing into your life today. Will you ask? Will you trust? And will you receive? I want you to come forward for prayer or to turn to the person sitting next to you and ask them for prayer. Remember, it's not about you know training. We've got a great prayer team and they're ready to pray for you for healing. But that doesn't mean the person next to you can't pray that prayer as well. I, maybe we're going to be too full of people up here. I don't know, maybe I shouldn't be saying that. but I, Maybe we're going to have two people. You know, our prayer team's going to be full. So you just got to pray for each other. If that happens, that's okay. Those prayers are just as powerful, just as good. Holy Spirit listens to them and responds to them. So will you ask, will you trust, will you receive, will you come forward for prayer today to receive healing? Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come and fall afresh on us today. Move in this place. Make your presence known. Jesus, bring healing to this community today. Pour out your spirit, your love, and your healing power, all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to come forward for healing prayer this morning, I invite you to come now. Our prayer team will come and they'll be up here. We'd love to pray for you. And let's continue to respond in worship. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your deep love for us. Lord, thank you for moving in this room right now. I thank you for the healing that's already come. I pray that you continue to bring healing, Lord. Continue to pour out your spirit. Lord, we are ready for it. Help us to take that next step. Lord, this isn't the pinnacle. <laughs> Lord, this is just another day in the life of following Jesus. And so, Lord, pour out your heart. Pour out your spirit. Lord, allow us to be experience healing today of those spiritual realities, of those emotional realities, and of those physical realities today. Lord. 
Give us the eyes to see, the faith to trust. Help us to accept what you have for us today, no matter what it is, for your glory. Psalm 103, verses 1 to 8. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chid, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, no, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the steadfast love toward those who fear him. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, thank you for being here. If you still need to deal with Jesus, he's still calling you or speaking to you, please stay. We'll keep this music going a little bit, and you can stay. If you still need to come and come and receive prayer for healing, then please come. Uh, we'll stick around a prayer team for as long as we need to. If uh, you need to go or it's time and you're kind of done with here, that's fine. Not done, but if you feel like the Lord is done with you in this moment, then that's all right, great. Uh, but just uh, do however you feel the Lord leading you in this moment. Uh, let's continue to praise the Lord as we go.